to CJSW 90.9 FM and CMRU Radio here in Mokinsis in the traditional territories of the Blackfoot people. This is Indigenization Across the Nation and today we have two interviews. First, let's talk with Sam Vint on his film, The Tournament, with National Film Board of Canada. Sam Vint. I'm uh, a Métis filmmaker from Winnipeg, Manitoba. I've always been a really big fan of documentaries, and um, and then I came across a course for Indigenous people who are looking to get into film and TV. I took that course, and I've been in the industry ever since. Oh, nice. And how long have you been? It's uh, about 15 years now. And, oh, wow. uh, I've done a lot of roles. I'm mostly a researcher. I get to direct every now and again. but mm-hmm. um, the the way TV is done now, in Canada anyways, is uh, it's very stripped down. So I do a lot of different things. I can, you know, mm-hmm. I've done sound, I've done camera, I've produced, I've directed, I've written. And I think that's the majority of my colleagues could probably say it's the very same thing. Oh, okay. And uh, how long have you been with the National Film Board? Well, I, it's, I did, did some research on a major documentary 
oh, geez, it's years ago now. It's probably about eight years ago okay. on a documentary called um, We Were Children. Okay, yes, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, I made a documentary called Alice and Kevin, and we received some funding from the NFB for that. Oh, okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so let's talk about your film. Um, I've watched it, and, oh, my God, I just fell in love with the kids right away. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah you know, it's um, yeah, it's a bit shooting fish in a barrel when you got cute, awesome kids like that. Like, you're going to you're gonna get a good film, I think. Yes, and um, so are you part of the film? Yeah, my son oh, okay. uh, is featured in the film, Isaac. Yeah, all right, yeah. So, yeah, so you'll see me uh, picking him up and bringing him to the ice and stuff like that. I'm oh. kinda, I just kind of sneak in there once in a while. Yeah, well, I just uh, I like to say, you know what, it's a beautiful film. Uh, I love your shots, you know, on the ice. And yeah, uh, yeah really, really nice, amazing. Yeah, our our uh, director of photography Tyler Funk did just a fantastic job. I just he did. Uh, he really blew our expectations out of the water. It's, it's uh, you know, as you can see, it's well, it's kind of it's a sport that uh, it can be beautiful if you get down there on the ice. Yeah, and I've yeah. seen a lot of sledge hockey and how they have been filmed, and it was always from the stands, and it's just night and day. It's a complete difference. Nice. And how long did you? How long did this take to to film? Uh, it's shot over the course of a weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it took a couple of years to get down there and do it. But um, yeah. yeah, once we finally did it, I think yeah, day three we shot a bit, but not a ton. It was basically uh, day one, and then a really long day two, and then day three we just kind of wrapped it up. Mm-hmm. And how's your son? How is he doing? <laughs> He's great. He loves the attention. He loves the publicity. He likes mm. cameras. He likes being interviewed and all that stuff. He's in. Yeah. And how old is he? He is nine right now. He's about to turn 10 a little later this month. Okay. All right. Okay. Awesome. And uh, what, you know, like I know uh, your your son features in the film and how is the family? Like, uh, how, were, how were you able to do that with the family on a three-day shooting? Oh, it was pretty difficult, actually. Yeah, there really? Was a lot of- yeah, it was um, because if you, you know, and going to a tournament with, with your kids and both of my kids are playing on the team and my wife, you know, it's busy. It's very busy. And it's, uh, you go hard and, and, uh, and then you had to add on top of that, there's a film crew and we're trying to make a good movie out of this. It's, um, yeah. There was a lot of planning. We had a lot of time to be ready for it, but it was, I guess, physically demanding. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a few ups and downs, but it was it was a great. You know what? The the people from NFB who and the the, the crew that we had down there were so good, so solid. It was um, yeah, it was a great experience, and it was it was a bit hectic, but uh, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh, that is awesome! And uh, yeah. Isaac, um, like I said, the team and even the last day. Um, they took it pretty well, you know, and uh, it looked like a pretty, you know, like I, I seen the age, almost the age differences for the teams, you know, for the, the age groups. So um, I noticed there's a little bit of a difference there. Yeah, it's different in parasport because there's less athletes. So mm-hmm. it'll be a much wider age range. And a lot of sports are co-ed and um and then even like my daughter plays on a team and she's uh, what you call able bodied, you know. So there's a real, yeah. real mix of people on those teams. Usually. Oh, okay, yeah, that's what I've seen. 
also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that that is so nice. Um, and I know that it's coming. It's going to be streaming. Um, uh, starts on the, online June seventeenth. Yeah, June seventeenth. And anybody, and then and that's open to the public. We can, you know, see that and. Yeah, that's going to be available worldwide on nfb.ca for free. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as a filmmaker, um, and I noticed in your background, too, you've also worked with uh, uh, residential school survivors. Yes. I see. And um, could we just talk a little bit about that? Um, I just, you know what, I just kind of piqued my interest only because I'm yeah. a residential school survivor myself. I'm the last generation that went, so... Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I actually did a lot of work in that area. And that's, uh, we were children, the NFB doc I talked about earlier was all about residential school survivors. And um, I've interviewed uh, a lot of residential school survivors. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I don't know what to say about it. It's, uh, it felt like really important work when we were doing it, but mm-hmm. holy smokes, you know, it's uh, tough to get over. And I'm still, I'm, I'm really sensitive to those topics now. You yeah, know? yeah. I have to listen to people try to diminish those things or something, or, yeah. you know, who willfully are ignorant and don't understand exactly what happened. Yeah. What are the results of that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, were you a part of the residential school survivors or like, you know, or were your family members or any well, family members? Uh, well, I'm Métis, so we had day school. Okay. Um, people. So yeah, my grandmother and my great aunt, and they all went to residential schools. And I guess you could say, you know, like the spinoff of that is my mother and most of her siblings were all part of this 60s scoop. And yeah, and yeah, so we, you know, we're still dealing with those with the after effects of those things right now. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure you you're familiar with that. Yeah, and um, I yeah, and I think. I think that was one of the questions, too, because um, I might be out going to interview, um, you know, other residential school survivors myself. That's why I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll ask that question, you know, just kind of mm. a little bit off topic anyways. Yeah. But yeah, well, but thank you. It's a it's quite an experience when you start going into that, you okay. know, to talk to people about it's t- It's difficult to, you know, and it's kind of my job as a researcher is you got to talk to people about the worst things that ever happened to them and ask them to tell you about it, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not always what people want to do, but it's mm-hmm. important work. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, i just like to say, you know what, um, could you please uh, say the title of your uh, your film? Yeah, the, the film is called The Tournament. The Tournament. And, um, yes, you know what, like I said, um, I love the shots. Like, your cameraman, <laughs> they did a really fantastic job. And, um, you know, just the play out on that alone, you know, it really gives us a sense of feel that, um, you know, like I was kind of ignorant towards, you know, uh, what kind of sports are out there, you know, especially for, you know, um, disabled children. And I'm not, and correct me if I'm wrong on how I'm saying that. Um, I'm sure you have, you know, because that's your son. Yeah. I I don't think disabled is awful, but you you say uh, children with mobility challenges or intellectual challenges or things like that. Okay. All right, mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, what, um, I know, and was your was your son born with this challenge? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, like I said, I feel like I was very ignorant towards, towards it, and actually I think this is the first time actually seeing 
um, the kids kids play, uh, you know, the game. And it was mm-hmm. just really amazing. That's why I said I really like on how, you know, you directed it. Oh, thank you. No, I um, that was one of the things we really wanted to do was get the camera down at their eye level. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, so much of, especially a child in a wheelchair, or, or, uh, their time is spent craning their necks, looking up at everybody. Or yeah. They're down below your field of view, so they're kind of out of sight, out of mind, and it's, we wanted to get down to where they were. And um, I think it's really telling. You can see the coach on the team was fantastic guy, Bill Moline, mm-hmm. um, Moline, and he's the father of sledge hockey in Manitoba. But between periods, when he goes to talk to the kids, he opens up the door and uh, and sits down at the ice level and talks to them and. And you could, you know, and when you watch that in the film, I think it comes across. It's a, it's a respectful thing to do. Mm-hmm, definitely. And now, uh, could we talk more about the purpose of the film? And like you, you told me a little bit, um, a little bit, but I'd like to, you know, just kind of, just kind of like, because I kind of have. Like not questions, but you know, and, it, and it's really strong purpose. And I'm sure you know what it. Like I said, it really, it really touched me. You know, watching it. Well, it's if, as a parent, you know, we go say we're in a mall or something, and he just, you know, I got a cute little guy in a wheelchair. He gets stared at like crazy, and mm-hmm. and and a lot of those looks are very sympathetic. And uh, I think the film wanted to show. Um, like these, these kids aren't looking for sympathy. They just want to go out and compete and Mm -hmm. uh, have a normal life as much as possible. And I think one of the greatest hindrances for people with are visibly, uh, have visible challenges is the staring, you know, the simp, you know, the sympathetic looks and all that. It's like, it gets really old. And, uh, and I think what you see in our film Mm -hmm. is people that don't garner sympathy. These are people that are out trying to compete and they're fierce and they're silly mm-hmm. and they're sometimes they're petty and mm-hmm. just like everybody else in the world. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, you know, you really captured that because you know what? To me, they just look like they were having a great time. Yeah. Just like any other, you know, person out there, you know, um, yeah. any child that's out there trying to have fun and playing sports. And of course I grew up playing sports, so I know how it is, you know, and we just, Mm -hmm. you know, we forget all, you know, we forget about everything when we're just in the game. So it was really nice. It was really nice to see that. No, and it's, there's something different about para sports, you know, there's, um, it's what sports, it's what we've been told sports are, you know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's people pulling for each other and it's kids, you know, coming together and there's a lot of, you know, uh, like the kids love spending time together, but most of them now, like my son goes to a school where there's nobody with uh, mobility challenges and there's nobody exactly like him. So when he gets to hang out with his friends, I mean, you could see it and they're just, they love every second of it, you know, and they go, mm-hmm. we're there for 72 hours and they're going hard for about 68. <laughs> and, uh, and and we get in the van on the way home, like they are done. Like our kids sleep almost the entire ride home. And, <laughs> and uh, it's our favorite weekend every year, you know, like, yeah. you know, we've done the family trips to Disney World and, and mm-hmm. you know, went to the West Coast and done all kinds of great stuff, but it's, Nothing matches going to the tournament every week, every year. Nice, nice. 
Well, thank you for sharing, Sam. Mm-hmm. And no um, yeah, um, also, you know, how and how is your family now during, you know, during this, these, these are kind of strange times, the COVID, you know, uh, what's happening. So a lot of changes. And how are you? Yeah. Yeah, my son loves it. He's a he's a homebody. And, uh, doesn't <laughs> care for school. He's been very happy with this situation. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's been um, it's been up and down. You know, for yeah. I lost. You know, like everybody, I've lost a lot of work and yeah. things like that. But uh, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of great family time. And and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's really unfortunate how it has affected a lot of the world. But uh, we're in Manitoba. And it hasn't been that crazy here. And uh, mm-hmm. so a lot of the time has been quite nice family time. Well, you said that. Uh, same with me. You know what? I'm just you know, nothing but family time and taking advantage of that right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sam. I think that's all the time we have. And um, thank okay. you for joining us. And again, we can we can watch that June 17th. Yeah, nfb.ca. It'll be available worldwide. Awesome. Thank you, Sam. You enjoy your day. Okay. Thanks for having me. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. That was Sam. Check out the film The Tournament on nfb.ca. Let's move on to Cheyenne McGinnis, local entrepreneur and creator of Indigenous Businessy. Okay, or hello, my name is Cheyenne McGinnis, or Holy Whistle. I'm Blackfoot and Cree, and I grew up in Kainai for majority of my life before moving to Calgary for school. And in Calgary, I took a business at the University of Calgary and communication studies as well. And from there, that's kind of when I started my own small business was after I had graduated from university in 2016. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, so what inspired you to, you know, take the entrepreneurship um, uh, path so uh, I've kind of always been interested in, like, business and just um, that world. Uh, I took a little summer internship when I was 17, uh, creating uh, your own small business through the kind of Blood Tribe Economic Development. That's kind of where I got uh, really interested in, in it, and we were able to um, just create an idea, and then we were funded through that program to sell to the community. And what I had ended up coming up with was uh, little powwow travel kits. And that's uh, what my first little business was, actually. And that's how I got um, inspired to just look out and think outside the box to really uh, try to meet needs of your community or your demographic that you're searching for. Okay. And um, who are your biggest influences back then or now? So I guess um, some of my biggest influences um, are just people within my own community who have created their own uh, businesses and uh, started from the ground up. So like uh, my cousin Chantel Tallow, actually, she has her Oxyope catering gig, and that's uh, something that I really thought was interesting, just like combining your traditional knowledge within your own um, products, and that's kind of... where I also got some of the uh, feedback from uh, one of my first clients was Dr. Tailfeathers in the okay. community of Kainai. 
she actually purchased a lot of my little self-care kits for her clients. And then she gave me the idea to try to combine and um, incorporate traditional scents into my products. And so that was something uh, just yeah, I guess, like, for me, inspiration really comes from the people that I'm selling to as well as the people that are around me and just relatives who have also taken that entrepreneurial path. What kind of products actually are you selling right now? <laughs> Could you kind of give us a list or even, you yeah, know, briefly? Yeah, so I've started, um, I've do a little bit of wood-burning art as well as fine art, but something that some of my biggest sellers are the bath bombs that I make, and they're all naturally scented and inspired by Blackfoot territory. So right now I have, like, scents like sage, seagrass, um, wild mint, and cedar wood and fern needle, things like uh, that are natural and familiar to um to our people. Okay. I also have perfume or muscle muscle relaxant rollers. Put them on your pressure points or just wear them as perfume even. And mm-hmm. those are kind of uh, scented to also be um, traditional, like inspired by our medicines. And um, so some of the scents I have are like anti-stress, uh, energizing scents, focus scents, and those are some of the things that I'm really uh, selling right now. And you can find those on my blog at indigenousbusiness.blog/slash/the-shop. Okay. And yeah, that's kind of where I'm selling them right now. Or if you can also contact me on Facebook okay. <laughs> or Instagram at at indigbusiness. I've been doing those for about three years now. The bath bombs, and that's kind of what. Uh, Dr. Esther Tailfeathers started out buying and um, giving them to her patients as well. So that was kind of where I got the inspiration and idea. I took a workshop after university and was looking for work and decided to use some of my scholarship funds to uh, put the initial funds in for my business. And then was able to start turning a profit, especially with uh, Dr. Tailfeather's help. That was really nice of her as it got the word out to the community in Kainai. And then mm-hmm. um, word just kind of started spreading in Calgary as well. Wow. Oh, well, thank you. You know what? I purchased um, two, I believe it was two uh, cents. And then you actually sent me two more, which mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. You know what? They smell beautiful. Uh, you know, I really encourage people out there to even, you know, start shopping uh, from your business and uh, in your in called indigenous indigenous business. Busyness. Busyness. Yeah. So busyness. Business with a Y. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, that is great. Thank you so much. You. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And as an Indigenous person, what are your mo- motivations to keep you shining and successful each each day? Mm-hmm. So some of mine are just uh, trying to pass on this knowledge as well as share some of the traditional knowledge that has been gifted to me from uh, different elders or my grandma, especially is uh, one of the main ones who's taught me a lot of my plant knowledge. So okay. being able to share that back to the community is uh, really great and just uh, being able to help people with wellness 
because that's really what my um, business is focused on is wellness through art, entrepreneurism, and financial literacy. So that's uh, part of what my blog is focused on as well as uh, doing the wellness products. <clears throat> and yeah, that's just uh, being able to help people reconnect through aromatherapy because uh, scent is such a strong trigger of memory. And so something I really enjoy is hearing that elders really like my products and that um, they get their, like, nieces or uh, their grandchildren to purchase off me. And that's really nice to hear that that helps their skin as well as uh, helps trigger those good memories for them. Well, you certainly captured that. Uh, you know what? I tried one of your scents yesterday, and I thought, well, I'm going to try, and then I can smell the sage. Mm-hmm. And it was That's just, good. yeah, like you targeted it perfectly, and I really appreciate that. It just um, really, you know, I'm in a rush, you know, and I can mm-hmm. just kind of put some on my wrists or behind my ears, you know, or on my neck, and, you know, it, it's just really beautiful. And I want to mm-hmm. congratulate you, and I'm so proud of you, and mm-hmm. I'm really hoping, you know, to see more products. And, uh, yeah, congratulations on your successes. Um I know you were even um, the poster child for uh, Cheekbone, was it? Yeah, yeah. So I also do uh, brand ambassading, uh, ambassador for Cheekbone Beauty. Okay. And I have a discount code. It's SHYM98, actually, if you can use it at checkout and get, I think it's 10 or 15% off. Yeah. Okay. So you get a little bit of a discount. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Thank you again for your time, Cheyenne. Um, I'll be talking to you soon because you know what? I'm going to be purchasing more of your your awesome products. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Sounds good, Tracy. Okay. You have a great day. You too. Have a great day. Okay. Bye talk now. soon. Bye. You've been tuned into Indigenization Across the Nation. This program is brought to you by Grace Heavy Runner, Hannah Many Guns, and Spencer Burgess. The music you heard throughout this episode was from a Nook musician, Beatrice Deer, from her 2017 album, My All to You. Iksugapi, thank you for listening. Hanui.